0: Hi friends, it's Pastor Tanner and welcome to the devotional for the first week of Lent. I'm excited that uh, you're joining with us. Ho- hopefully you were able to join us for worship on Sunday and um, have entered into the season of, of Lent um, with enthusiasm, <laughs> with commitment, with openness and transparency um, before God. Um, Lent is a special and unique and critically important time in the life of the church and in the life of Christians. And so for those of us who have been in the church for a while, we may be familiar with some of the powerful themes and images and ideas of, of the Lent season. Um, for some of us, we may know of some of them, but don't quite understand them. And then there may be some amongst us that Lent is a new idea, and we really don't understand what's going on here. Maybe you have a friend that gave up coffee or chocolate or something. Um, for Lent, or they just took their New Year's resolution, which they failed on after a couple of days or weeks, and said, well, I'm just going to make that my Lent thing and and do it. But you really don't understand the, the reason behind it or why this is such a powerful uh, moment in the life of a Christian. And so the hope for for uh, for this devotional thought is to help bring a little bit of awareness and give a frame and some context to what we're experiencing as a church and as Christians as we um, walk through this time of Lent. Um, One of the powerful images that comes up time and again when we talk about Lent is this idea of following Jesus into the wilderness, this wilderness concept. It's a powerful Lent image. Now, this idea of wilderness didn't originate with Jesus or with the story, or with Lent. Um, To understand what's going on with with Jesus going into the wilderness, we have to understand a little bit about Israel's history with the wilderness. Um, So you may know that long before Jesus, the people of God were actually slaves in Egypt, which was the most powerful nation, the most powerful empire uh, in the world at that time. And they had ambitious military projects and ambitious building projects and a a diverse civilization. And it it required a lot of uh, work to keep that empire growing uh, as empires do. And so the people of God were enslaved by the Pharaoh in this uh, kingdom of Egypt. Now, God sets them free through the, the, the plagues, which you may be familiar with. And, um, you know, the whole let my people go moment and it leads to this dramatic escape where the Red Sea is parted, the people of God uh, cross safely, and then the waters come crashing down and wipes out the Pharaoh's uh, army. And what has happened is the people of God have left one kingdom. They've left one empire. And part of their journey... Um, the destination of their journey actually is a new land, a promised land, a new kingdom, right? And so that's where they're headed. And that's what's promised. But in between the old kingdom and the new kingdom is wilderness. And wilderness functions in the Bible as this place between two kingdoms. So if you think about the way that the world was organized in ancient days, there was these cities that were, you know, developing around key water spots, you know, where you had access to water and food um, or trade routes, right? There were specific cities that popped up in specific locations um, that were good for life. Um, You could thrive there. Uh, The spots in between those cities, the wilderness was more barren. And if you think specifically of Israel, you're finding um, wilderness as rocky, sandy, hard, dry, desert-type wilderness area, right? And so that's where these people of God, the Hebrew people, found themselves when they left Egypt. They were on the way to the promised land, onto this new kingdom, um, and they had left Egypt, the old kingdom, and so in the middle was this Wilderness now the wilderness, like I said, was a hard, dry, barren place, and there was people uh, amongst the group that decided, I would much rather live in Egypt in the old kingdom with the whatever comforts it could provide, whatever security it could provide, um, even despite all the negative things, you know, Pharaoh is having the firstborn children killed. There's slaves that have to work seven days a week. You know, one of the final things was they had to make bricks without straw. Like, this was not an ideal uh, environment. But there's people that decide, I would much rather live in the suffering (laughs) of the old kingdom because it did offer some security. It did offer some comforts. It did offer some sense of community and understanding of the way life is supposed to be shaped. But this wilderness, there's nothing there's no grocery stores, there's no um, farms, there's no wells, there's no housing for your family. Um, it's literally the, the place where there is nothing. Um, and so some say, let's go back, let's go back to Egypt, at least um, we'll have something of a life. And yet there were still some that said, no, we need to find the path that God has for us, Forward. And if we can find that path that God has for us forward, we will find ourselves um, crossing over into a new kingdom, into a new way of life. And we have to go through this wilderness in which we are stripped bare of everything from this old life, right? There's there's none of that that can survive into this journey into the new life. In fact, we're out here in the wilderness and we don't have storage, we don't have housing, we don't have... like. All we have is, is what we were able to carry. Um, and the Bible says that that's where God speaks, right? So he talks to Moses on top of the mountain and provides the Ten Commandments, which are actually the Ten Teachings, uh, teaches them how to live as people uh, of that God and not people of the Pharaoh, but people of God. It's an introduction. It's an invitation to live a new way, Um And they're going to take that new way into the new kingdom. And so we have this this wilderness imagery of this. It's the land between two kingdoms. It's the land in the middle. It's the land that is no man's land. Um, And yet, Lent is this invitation for us to follow Jesus into the wilderness. They say, well, why would anybody want to go into this wilderness? Why would we choose to go into this barren place? And the reason we would choose to go into this barren wilderness is because it is exactly the land between two kingdoms. It is the transitional point it is the the space between the old kingdom um, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God, the new life, the promised land and so <clears throat> we're invited to follow Jesus into that wilderness that prepares us that uh, invites us to let go of all the things of <laughs> of Egypt, to let go of all the things of the kingdoms that we've been living in, um, the comforts and the sufferings that are associated with it. Let go of all of it, so that we can move into another kingdom. Right, and so with this images, uh, with this image of of wilderness, we get an image of fasting and feasting, which is a big part of the scripture from from last Sunday. Um, fasting is a letting go of something, a, a, a forsaking of something, a putting away of something, right? And so, if you think about that in terms of going from one kingdom to another kingdom, it's, a, it's an acknowledgement, a letting go of something of the kingdom of this world that you leave behind on purpose, Um and you fast of that. You let go. You acknowledge your dependence upon it. You acknowledge your your need for it, your um, your desire, how it provides security or safety or how it pro- provides a sense of comfort or how it numbs you from the fears that you may have or how it, you know, you, you identify something that, that maybe borders on an idol for you, something that you don't understand how you could live without it. Um, and you say, I'm going to fast of that for these 40 days plus, you know, six Sundays. And I'm going to let go of this thing that is of this old kingdom that I think I have to have, right? This is the thing that I, I would want to go back. If I was the the people of God, the Hebrews leaving Egypt, this would be the thing that I'd want to go back and grab a hold of. It's the thing that's going to keep me anchored one foot in in the kingdom of this world. And so every year in Lent, we, we, try to identify th- those temptations, those anchors that hold us back from entering with our whole heart and our whole mind and our whole soul into the kingdom of God. What is it that is holding our attention? What is it that is holding our desires in the old kingdom that that God is inviting us out of? And so we fast on those things, um, but the Bible doesn't leave us starving and hungry. Um, the scripture that that Will preached on on Sunday talks about fasting, but also feasting, right? And so we have this idea that we fast on the things of one kingdom so that we can feast on the the things from the other kingdom, right? We abandon and forsake and let go of the things from the kingdom of this world so that we can embrace abundantly, wholeheartedly, and fully into the thing that is in front of us that we desire truly, which is God, right? Let go of the substitute, let go of the idol, let go of the comfort, um, <laughs> the, the thing that, that keeps us comfortable or or gives us a sense of security and safety. Let go of that so that we can fully embrace what God has for us in God's kingdom. And so it's this idea of feasting and fasting. It's this idea of forsaking one kingdom so that we can enter into another. But that doesn't happen instantly. The Bible tells us that the people of God wandered for 40 years. For 40 years it took to get from people who belonged to Egypt to people who belonged in the promised land. There's wrestling that happens. In the scriptures we see Jesus tempted by Satan uh, while he's in the wilderness. So the wilderness is a place that we have to choose to go, knowing that it is part of an invitation to the cross. It's part of an invitation to enter into a different way of living. It's part of an invitation that invites us into a whole other kingdom. And so we fast so that we can feast. And for the next several weeks, we're going to live in the land between. The feast will come on Easter. The new life, the food, the banquet, the great promise of God will come on Easter morning. But we walk in the wilderness till then. And so it's a time to reflect inwardly. It's a time to take honest inventory of what it is that you depend on. It's just honestly a scary time. You shine the flashlight on your own soul. You confess your sins. You um, are transparent before God and others about your brokenness, about your mortality, about your fragile condition. You confess the things that you need or think that you need. You wrestle with the temptation to run back to the old kingdom, the old world, to depend on the things that the world has to offer you rather than reaching out and grabbing a hold of the things that God has for you. And so it's a it's a dark image. It's a hard image but it's critical. So, the invitation for us as we begin this season of, of Lent is to be serious. But I want to invite you to take this next several weeks to journey with us into the wilderness, to live there for a moment, to, to see where it is that your desires lead. to to identify the places where you're tempted to run back to the old kingdom, to see the ways in which you are tempted to trust in the offerings that, that Satan has to offer you. So that we know where we stand before God, confess our sins where we fail, grow in faith where we are successful and obedient, and celebrate Easter Sunday morning as the great feast, as the great banquet, the great gift of new life. So we fast so that in a few weeks we can feast. As we wrap up our time together on this devotion, I want to share with you uh, a prayer. Uh, I've started using it as part of our our worship service uh, as I conclude the message. Um, But I want to share it with you today. Um, It comes from the Book of Common Prayer, which is a great resource. and a great tool in the life of every Christian, and so this is a prayer that I want <clears throat> to help us. Um, it's it's a prayer that will help us posture, take the proper posture before God during the season of Lent, and so pray with this, um, with with me, if you will. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. And having confessed, we live in hope to receive these words from you. We receive that God Almighty has mercy on us, forgives us of all our sins through the Lord Jesus Christ. You strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, which keeps us in eternal life. Amen and amen.